As an avid lover of horror, there is only one thing that truly frightens me. Tiny, sentient beings who crawl around on their bellies, slobbering on you as they demand to be fed, spreading filth and pestilence during their short lifespan. No, I'm not talking about babies, I'm talking about bugs. Hello Maniacs, I'm your host John Von Frankenstein coming to you live from the other side, and in this episode, we'll dive into why, despite my hatred for insects, I keep coming back to some of those creepy crawly classics. So grab your crucifix and bundle up some wolfsbane, this is Moonlight Madness Radio. On planet Earth today, there are 900,000 different species of insects that we know of. Learning that fact certainly made my 2020 a little worse. Now, not all insects are of the one bite would send your arm into necrosis within a matter of minutes variety. There are plenty of insects, like bees, who are an integral part of our ecosystem. Most of those little spiders we find in our home can even help to keep our abode free of flies and mosquitoes. And yet, even as I arm myself with that knowledge of these helpful little critters, I cannot stand the sight of a bug in my immediate vicinity. Could it have something to do with the fact that I ran through a fire ant mound as a kid and wound up with some nasty bites all over my legs? Maybe, but that's a story for another time. Where I believe my deep-rooted fear of bugs, roaches in particular, comes from, is all rooted in a horror classic entitled Creep Show. When I was a kid, movies like The Amityville Horror, The Exorcist, and Child's Play were all on constant rotation as afternoon movies on stations like TNT, TBS, and AMC. We even had reboots of The Outer Limits and Twilight Zone to pass the time by, so it should come as no surprise that six-year-old John was constantly glued to the TV. Another movie that got constant play in the middle of a sunny summer afternoon was George A. Romero's classic Creepshow. A horror anthology written by Stephen King, Creepshow mixed fright and comedy with the instantly recognizable aesthetic of classic EC comics like Tales from the Crypt. Movies like Trick or Treat and Tales of Halloween owe a lot to the format that Creepshow perfected. Each segment in Creepshow is memorable in its own right, from the ridiculousness of Father's Day to the overtop kills in the crate. But the segment that had the greatest impact on me was They're Creeping Up on You. This segment is contained and claustrophobic, following money-hungry, bigoted mogul Donald <coughs> I'm sorry, Upson Pratt during a series of rolling blackouts. Pratt's penthouse is cold and clean, but when he finds a roach in his apartment, he demands a super come up to exterminate the pests. Learning his super is stuck in the elevator, Pratt sets out to get rid of the vermin on his own, thinking out loud comparing the roaches to the people he's had to crawl over in his business dealings in order to make it to where he is today. As often happens with people in high places who forget there are more of us than there are of them, we watch as Pratt is overtaken, the roaches pouring in through his air vents, lighting fixtures, and plumbing. His glass panic room is filled to the brim with the bugs, their bodies moving as one large brown mass. Then they suddenly disappear, leaving Pratt's body behind. Now picture 
how my mind was forever transformed when the body begins to move, not by its own accord, but as a result of the bugs making their way out. We watch hundreds of roaches pour from out of the miser's lifeless body, his comeuppance disgusting and swift. I'm sure my nails were raking up and down my arms, my jaw on the floor as I held back my urge to gag. Yet, this is my favorite segment in the film, and I'll often put the movie on just to watch those nasty little critters scurrying out of Pratt's body. In order to achieve the swarm in the finale, 20,000 roaches were provided by Ray Mendez, an entomologist from the American Museum of Natural History. Tom Savini, the special effects artist on Creepshow and all-around horror movie legend, has stated that they bulked up the horde by tossing in raisins and roasted nuts. I know I'm not the only person who's grossed out by roaches, but I'm sure I'm one of the few who then sought out an obscure made-for-TV movie all about them. If you want to take your home decor to spooky new heights, look no further than Loveless House. New England-based artist Lucia Loveless crafts handmade curiosities from witch house coasters to pumpkin-shaped air fresheners in scents like Harvest Festival and Witch's Cauldron. Light up your love for handcrafted decor and antiques over at loveless.house on Instagram. That's loveless.house. And tell a Moonlight Madness radio sent you. They Nest is another oddball movie from my childhood. Although the movie has a definite made-for-TV feel to it, it explores a lot more than just some nasty roaches with massive pincers. In They Nest, we watch as Dr. Ben K. Hill struggles with his sobriety following a nasty divorce. As a surgeon, he's expected to have laser focus, yet his colleagues can tell he's not at his best. Required to take some time off work, Ben heads to the summer home he'd purchased with his ex-wife on Orr Island for some rest and relaxation. Though it's made clear that some of the locals don't like Ben very much, they're the least of his worries. The corpses of animals, as well as some of the island's residents, are being discovered with strange bites all over them. The island's sheriff enlists Ben's help, and they discover the bites are coming from large African roaches equipped with fierce pincers, some of which Ben has even discovered in his own home. As the island is overrun by these nasty bugs, the film starts to veer into the territory of a 50s B-movie, the horde growing larger and larger and forcing the island's inhabitants to flee as fast as they can. We even get a scene reminiscent of the Creepshow Roach scene, where the sheriff finds himself filled to the brim with the vermin eating his insides. There are plenty of scenes that left me gagging as someone's bare foot unknowingly lands on one of the roaches, or reaching for a can of raid as they chase a helpless hamster through a maze. They Nest is in no short supply of those gross-out, campy moments, and you've gotta love it for that. The film ends by implying that a lone roach, having survived the final showdown, makes its way to wreak havoc on a major city and start the process all over again which is just the type of bleak ending I happen to love. Like I mentioned, as fun as this film is, I think there was a little more thought that went into it than may seem apparent upon first watch. It's clear the roaches themselves, showing up in Ben's fridge, winding up on the end of his date's fork, and nesting in his shed, are a physical manifestation of Ben's struggle with sobriety. They are the nagging pull that often sees him staring at a bottle, or the emergency flask that he leaves in his car. 
As we see Ben become more and more confident in his resolve to better himself, we also watch as he's able to come up with better and better plans to fight against the Roach Horde. As corny as this movie is at times, they often replace swear words with words like spit and darn. I really think Thomas Calabro's performance as Dr. Cahill makes the movie a bit more tolerable. Now, mosquitoes don't necessarily have the gross-out factor for me that roaches do, but when said mosquitoes are about as big as a Harley, I'm sure most of us would be screaming our heads off at the sight of them. From the minds of three horror fiends with a flair for the theatric comes the Hauntsville Cryptcast. Listen as hosts Anthony, Doza, and Anna discuss everything from mummies to women in horror all while injecting episodes with their unique blend of comedy and horror history factoids. This podcast may be recorded in an old puppet theater, but you'd be the dummy if you missed a single episode of the Hauntsville Cryptcast. Subscribe now on iTunes, Spotify, and SoundCloud, and find them on Instagram at Hauntsville Cryptcast. 1995's Mosquito is a cult classic with some wild casting choices. To say it gets under your skin would perhaps be a little too on the nose, but the effects used in this movie are a real joy for any fan of practical effects. Upon crash landing their UFO in a national park, a deceased extraterrestrial is come upon by a pesky mosquito. Upon sucking the alien's blood, the mosquito mutates and grows incredibly large, getting hit by a jeep in the process and leaving behind an obscene-looking proboscis. What follows is a swarm of mosquitoes mutated by the UFO's radiation, tearing through the national park and sucking the life out of every victim they can find. When I started getting into classic slasher movies, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre was perhaps the first one I became obsessed with. The movie's iconic slasher Leatherface quickly sawing his own special place into my heart. You can then imagine my joy when I first watched Mosquito and saw none other than Gunnar Hansen in the movie, portraying a badass, mullet-wearing bank robber named Earl. Hansen is great in the movie, commanding the screen with his size alone. The real icing on the blood-sucking cake is in this film's climax where, as our protagonists are cornered by a swarm of giant mutant mosquitoes, Earl enters the farmhouse wielding a giant chainsaw. Proclaiming in his gruff and gravelly voice, I haven't handled one of these babies in 20 years. Feels good. A bit of fan service that is sure to make any Texas Chainsaw fan happy. Another unexpected cameo comes in the form of Ranger Hendricks, played by guitarist and founding member of the Stooges, Ron Ashton. Ashton's portrayal of Hendricks is great. A lazy, wimpy park ranger who you're almost hoping gets killed next. For all the laughs he gives the audience, you're actually sad to see him go come the film's conclusion. As I'd mentioned, the visual effects in this movie are phenomenal. Though the flying effects are very low budget, they use a mixture of stop motion and various forms of other animation to achieve this, they manage to keep us entertained in the way only a mid-90s creature feature can. In one scene, Dr. Parks, played by Steve Dixon, stumbles across a campsite littered with bodies. We'd just seen these families enjoying themselves a few scenes back, so it's shocking to see their pale bodies all splayed out across their camping gear. As the shot tracks over the bodies, it comes to a stop in front of Parks as he asks, What in God's name happened here? The makeup used isn't the same as that of the other sucked-up victims, but Dixon's acting really sells the look and always sent shivers down my spine. 
perhaps the most iconic scene, sees Earl's brother Jr. cornered by a swarm of mosquitoes, one of them impaling him with its proboscis. In a shot reminiscent of Freddy Krueger's wanna suck face kill in A Nightmare on Elm Street 4, Jr.'s body shrivels up till his eyes begin bulging out of his head. His screams ring out as his bulging eyes explode from the suction. It's a low-budget but effective kill that makes me glad we have such awesome effects artists in the horror community. Where slashers tend to be more terrifying as giant hulks, bugs don't need to be the size of a Great Dane to be scary. Their power lies in their numbers, and their almost supernatural ability to land right on your skin virtually undetected. If I was to list every classic bug movie, I could easily turn this into a three-hour episode. Three hours of bugs! Yay! There are classics like Cronenberg's remake of The Fly, and Hollywood blockbusters like The Mummy, whose scarabs I would not want to mess with. From arachnophobia to slugs, from ticks to big-ass spider, there will always be a bug on the big screen to make sure you scream the next time you see one of those little guys in your bathroom. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode of Moonlight Madness Radio. I can't wait for the next time I get to chat with you from the other side, but until then, keep that crucifix close and beware the moon. Moonlight Madness is written, recorded, hosted, and produced by yours truly, John Von Frankenstein. Find Moonlight Madness on Instagram at Moonlight Mad Reviews. Read through past reviews over at MoonlightMadnessReviews.tumblr.com and check out the Moonlight Madness YouTube channel. Finally, leave a review wherever you get your podcasts and be sure to pass on the curse. This podcast is made possible by the support of maniacs like you.